Dark Shadows Literary License Podcast episodes. Ben Stokes here, exploring all things Collinsport, Maine, and following the likes of the Collins family, and the friends and foes, with your co-hosts, Tom Diamond, Jesse Fultz, Mickey Ray, and Keith Chalgo, Collins family, story about blood relations, literally. everybody, Tom Diamond here, Dark Shadows co-host for Literary License Podcast. And boy, have we, ha- we have a treat for you today. Uh, you sure our- do. Yeah, and, and, and who do you think that is? And I'll give you three guesses, guys. Number one Guess is- who? Yeah, it's not Laura Parker, unless she did something to her voice. Uh, it's- I did something to my voice. And it's not, and it's not Jonathan Frid. I want you. Uh, it's not him. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is Chris Pennock, Christopher Pennock, who has been around for 40 years, starring on and off Broadway, has done, and aside from Dark Shadows, has done many films and television shows in repertory and experimental theater. And, uh, of course, on Dark <laughs> 40 years, you, 40 years. How does it feel to be? How does it feel to be around that long, Chris? Huh? Well, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun, although some of it is really fucked up. There you yeah. go. There you go. And and every and, and every and apologies <laughs> to the fans who are who are actually flinching at the Christmas <laughs> language. But to know Chris is to love him. And one thing that you have to that you have to say about Chris is that he will tell you like it is. He's very earthy. Uh, he'll 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 call a spade a spade as well as hearts, clubs, and diamonds. <laughs> that's a, that's an adequate description of you, I think. Okay, so oh, this Chris, is going to be fun. Oh, I oh, absolutely. So, for everybody's information, and I'm sure the fans know about this already. Uh, so, let's see. You were <laughs> Deb Hawks in uh, in the, in the colony of 1969, right after Collins. You were Cyrus Longworth in Parallel Time. You were Sebastian Shaw uh, when they when they then when they came back uh, from a, from 97. I think you were. You were Jeb Hawks before 1897, uh, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. And, of course, the two Gabriel Collinses. Uh, yeah, you already blew it. You blew it. I blew what it. about John Yeager? Well, that's Cyrus. I said Cyrus along with it. Of course, John Yeager, absolutely. Well, I think of Cyrus because he's such a gentle soul. And you played him, and you played him, and you played him so well. And then, of course, John, well, we can't forget we can't forget John Yeager and the two Gabriel Collinses. I haven't finished yet. Uh, there, uh, <laughs> Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel one in eighteen in eighteen forty. Uh, Gabriel two in parallel time eighteen forty. And of course, let us not forget Gabriel Collins in the Night of Dark Shadows. Uh, and from then on, and from there on, uh, he has done other stuff, which he's going to tell, which he's going to tell you and us about, including his cartooning background. Uh, he wanted to be a cartoonist from a very young age, and in fact, he's going to regale us today 
with uh, <laughs> something from one of his comic books, uh, if I hope you have that handy, Chris, uh, regarding the Dark Shadow series. He actually wrote uh, cartoon comic books uh, based on his experiences on the Dark Shadow set. Which is real, which is really cool, and I personally can't wait to see that. But now let's go back to June seventh, nineteen forty-four. Your uh, a date that will live in infamy. Uh, guess what? That was a lie. Oh, oh, you lied about your age. We're hearing I it. did it. We're hearing it here. It's nineteen forty-three. I'm seventy-six. Where I'm older you? than Robert Mueller. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh, even Robert. Two Mueller. years older than Robert Mueller, for God's sake! Oh my God! So there you go. You can. Pass. What do you expect from me, people? Robert, <laughs> Robert Mueller can pat himself on the head over that one. So you heard it here, <laughs> friends. You lied about his age to get a job. All right, nineteen. I also lied about my birthplace. You're not. It's not Jackson Hole, Wyoming. No, it's not, and it's not Moose, Wyoming. What is, what is it's it? New York City Doctors Hospital in the Bronx. Wow, wow. That was a long, wow. Uh, they don't have Doctors Hospital there anymore. Uh, yeah. 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 A lot of great people were born in the Doctors Hospital. That's Not right. me, but they were great people. Ah, and so when did you move to, were you ever in Wyoming? When did you move there, if so? We would spend the summers in Wyoming at a dude ranch called the Whitegrass Ranch in Moose, Wyoming. Wow. My wow. mom and my dad and me. Wow. And a bottle, a bottle of booze and a bottle of bleach. Ah, and so we would go to town and I fell in love for the first time at the Whitegrass Ranch with Wendy Carvalho, little blonde from Connecticut. They were very rich. They had a white Cadillac convertible. I feel madly in love with her. We had a wonderful romance, 13 and 13, until she went to Yellowstone National Park and came back. Uh, and she fixated on Dave Junket. Dave uh, Junket was 15. He had pimples. He was older. He was bigger. He had more maturity. And she fell in love with Dave Junket. And I watched this whole thing from my horse walking around the corral. Heartbroken, heart, yeah. totally heartbroken. Yeah. I never recovered. I'm still, I, I keep trying to find Wendy Carvalho and see what happened. I'm, I'm going to see if she disappeared. Can, I'm going to see if we can get the Robert Cobert music uh, to, to put in the background while, while you're talking about this when we uh, broadcast. Uh, which, uh, but, uh, so we'll have a little. So we'll have a little Dark Shadows music into the background, but uh, no. But seriously, uh, so and I had a and I had a great story about Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So you were never there at all? No, it was a ranch. Never there at all, it was the ranch at Moose. Uh -huh. We went to the ranch to the Dude Ranch. Also, many years later, at the age of twenty, I returned to Jackson, Wyoming, as an actor. Okay. In the Pink Garter Theater. The Pink Garda Theater was a melodrama musical theater. We would round up the dudes. We would round up the the audience in the town square by acting out a, a holdup. And we'd arrive in our stagecoach and Clover the Killer would come out and shoot his guns and kill us. And then we'd get up again. And one time, one night I was the 
the town drunk and I was staggering around the town, like the town drunk with a beard. And it was my first experience as a character actor. It was wonderful. And I I fell in love with acting. Well, that's until. Go ahead. (laughs) My wife is saying, don't, don't, don't. Until I was, "Mm, don't, don't, don't. Oh, but Lynn, I want to tell them. Okay. I I won't talk about the molestation. That, that, uh, all right. Uh, I was going to say, so you grew up in the Bronx then, uh, Chris? Or, uh, hell no, I grew up in Austin, New York. Oh, where the, where the <laughs> prison was. Ah, so your, <laughs> so your future could have taken another course, and I'm glad it didn't. Uh, Austin, like so we, I grew up in Austin, New York, at my grandfather's estate called Beaver Hill okay. in the hills overlooking the Hudson Sing Sing prison. Wow. Spent my wow. first three years there with wonderful golden retrievers and boxers and, and a nanny. Everything was great. And then my dad came back from the war at the age of three uh-huh. with his bottle and his medals. And he attempted to raise me. Okay. Okay. And we moved to Darien, Connecticut. Then we moved to Greenwich, Connecticut. Then we moved to Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. Okay. Then we moved to Princeton, New Jersey. Wow. And then I left home wow. to act in, Axel, in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So acting bit you at a very early age, uh, Chris? How old were you? Actually, when? no. Art, art bit me at an early age. At the age of five, I was quite, I was, I, well, hell, I was, a, I was a fucking genius. There I was drawing in the National Crayon Art Competition, the Milton Bradley National Crayon Art Competition, which I won at the age of five. I was the best artist in the country. I drew a picture of John Wayne stabbing an Indian from the movie Red River, which I had just seen with my dad. Uh And they thought that was the perfect depiction so the man digging, which uh-huh. sort of symbolized the American spirit. And I said, no, 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 no. That's a fucking cowboy killing an Indian. They said, no, that's a man digging and we like it. So you win a $500, a $500 savings bond hey, that's not and a little plaque, which I still have. Mm-hmm. I have spent the money mm-hmm. and I was off and running with art. I didn't really get bitten by the acting bug until I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was in Billy Bud. I should have played Billy, but I played Captain Veer. And even then I had problems with my learning the lines. So I had to have the script all over this desk on the ship. Billy Bud. Have you ever seen the movie? Probably not. No, I have Terrence not. Stamp. It was wonderful. I've no. I've heard of it. Uh, I was so gonna- anyway, that... Yeah, I was going to say that was I, my first. Yeah, Who's talking? I'm trying to figure that one out. While I'm thinking, you go ahead and talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say I thought that was really a great uh, gift that they uh, that they gave you for the cray uh, for the crayon competition. I thought they were going to give you those 64 <laughs> crayons. Remember, you used to get them in 64 sets. I remember when I was a kid, yeah, with all those colors and saying, wow, 
you know, that kind of thing. But I was too busy scribbling, wow. fortunately, in coloring books and trying to mess them up uh, to do what you did. So that's uh, so. So you really did have a talent uh, back then, which expressed itself. And uh, when did you get into cartooning? Because that sounds like a segue. <clears throat> when did I start cartooning? Um, well, let me think. <clears throat> I think it was. I think it was. It was inspired by the Zap comics of Robert Crumb and Art Spiegelman and all those guys. Uh And I thought, wait a minute, I can draw these things and and, and I can be sexy and funny and drug induced and all kinds of crazy (laughs) things that were coming out of the sixties. And my life was definitely getting very interesting with my first LSD trips. So I wanted to draw it all. So I started drawing autobiographical sort of fantasy I was, I was, I was always drawing little fox-faced characters. Everybody has a fox face, and for some reason, I oh, I know why. Because I love Brer Fox and Uncle Remus and Brer Bear, and I especially love Brer Fox. So I wanted to be Brer Fox. So I started drawing everybody with, actually, the the John Wayne character in the Red River thing had a fox face. And the Indian that he was killing also had a fox face. <laughs> there you go. Isn't that wonderful? There you go. Isn't yeah. that wonderful? That's great. Well, let's go back now to high school. Now, this is this in your life, like uh, Slaughterhouse Five, you know, where they go, where they go. Now, what did you do when you were a kid? Now, what did you do when you were an old man? Now, what did you do when you were a teenager? Well, let's go to. Uh, now, you were in high school, and the acting bug first bit you, and uh, and that was Billy Bud. You said you did. Yeah, that was my first play, Billy Budd, and then Darkness at Noon. Mm-hmm. And then I go off to college, Hobart College, okay. and I was still trying to please my parents, you know, because they didn't really take my, my acting seriously or my cartooning seriously. So they sort of wanted me to be a normal, young, preppy guy. How dare they? Except How dare they? I was never even close to that. Yeah. So I go off to I go off to Hobart College in Geneva, New York. Oh boy! And I started drinking alcoholically there, and getting into massive trouble with my grades. And then I got thrown out. And then I came home, and I was going to join the the Marines, the Special Forces. And then I decided, no, I don't think I will do that because I don't support this crazy war, the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. So I I started working in a in a shipyard and a few other crazy jobs. Oh, yeah, I was in a warehouse, Toys R Us warehouse, wow, and all that stuff. And then I oh yeah, and then I I I did a summer job at that ranch that we used to go to when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I was a chore boy wrangler. And I got fired from that somehow. I wasn't a very good chore boy wrangler. I don't know what the hell was going on. I was usually living in a fantasy life. And what happened? Oh, yeah. I went down, you know, the ranch was in Moose, Wyoming. I hitchhiked down to Jackson where they have this theater, Pink Garda Theater, and I auditioned for it. Mm -hmm. And they loved me. So the next year after I got thrown out of college yet again, <laughs> I remembered, wait, they, some people wanted me to do something for them. They wanted me to act and sing and dance. 
And my mom and dad said, great, anything, anything. Go, Chris, go. So I flew out there the next summer, started acting at the Pink Garda Theater, fell in love with acting, fell in love with my leading lady, was molested, never mind. And, you I, know, I, it was, I, we almost started sort of started everything. Yeah, we almost started. Uh, you were mo, 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 you were, um, um, you were having mulled wine. That's what it was, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I was mainly tequila, actually. Oh wow! Mainly oh, wow. tequila. Yeah, bourbon, bourbon sour is my favorite. Uh, but uh, uh, are that's... you a friend of Bill's? Bill's? Who's Bill? Who's Bill? I have a, I have a number. Bill of Wilson, the founder of AA. No, that's no. just a that's just a way of saying, are you a recovering alcoholic? I am. <laughs> well, I never had the, I never, I never had the fortune or misfortune or whatever. But uh, you, you sure could have. But that's, but that. Are you serious about that? Because if that is, that's uh, very courageous for you to come out and say that. I'm sorry, I was just said, switching you to speakerphone. Oh, okay. Uh, I was saying, uh, if you were serious about saying that you were a recovering alcoholic, because that's very courageous of you to say that. Uh, if you are, if you are indeed that, uh, because that could, I tell it like it is brother, well, brother Tom, it. I tell it, I tell it like it is brother Tom. You heard, you heard it here fans. And I'll tell you that that is really, that is really something because I don't think you, because I don't think every actor, uh, with an issue like that would just come out and say, Hey, I, I had, I had something and I conquered it and I'm here today to, I'm here today to talk about it. And uh, I think that's a, I think that's a good thing if there's anybody out there who actually uh, is having uh, a similar issue in terms of that. You can look for crit. You can yeah, listen, villagers, all my villagers out there, if you have a drinking problem, I would suggest you quit drinking and get your ass over to AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, or CA, Cocaine Anonymous, or NA, Narcotics Anonymous, or EA, Emotions Anonymous, there's a lot of anonymous, wonderful support groups out there, and that's what got me off the booze and the drugs and everything. So uh, wow. changed my life, got me into a wonderful spiritual life. So, and you know, you, you can meet famous people in your AA group <laughs> like I did. <laughs> I, I can't say who they were because they're supposed to be anonymous, but... But and that and that of course you know to explain to the fans over uh, internationally uh, is uh, so uh, you know these are these are various support groups uh, to deal with to deal with the issue and um, I'm, I'm trying to remember I'm trying to remember and of course I'm forgetting what I was going to say but uh, the bottom line is this is uh, this is something to be, this is something to be proud of. Uh, and so now let's go on. So you were in, so you were, so you, you're in college and so forth. And uh, what does, what acting stuff did you do before Dark Shadows that uh, sooner or later led to your being noticed for that? Well, I was thrown out of Hobart College for the final time. And my dad and I, well, I was I was kicking the furniture around the house a lot, you know, the day I found out. And he said, no, come on, come on, you're an actor. I said, thank you. He said, yep, you're an actor. Let's go to New York. 
my dad took me to New York City. In, in an hour, I was meeting Stella Adler at the Stella Adler School of Acting. I was meeting Michael Kahn at the Circle in the Square School of Acting. I was meeting Francis, somebody rather, I forgot her last name, at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I was meeting somebody else at the Neighborhood Playhouse. All in one day, I was suddenly an actor about to go to acting school. And, you know, it was the end of this nightmare of, of trying to live my parents' life and trying to do things that I really didn't want to do. Finally, I had acting, and I never stopped. Thank God. Thank God for acting. You know, it, it's, a, it's a horrendous profession to be in, but it's a wonderful art, and it's, uh, yeah, it's been my life. Were you were you able? Uh, how do you how do you do with learning lines and stuff? Were you one of those quick studies, or was it hard for you? No, I was always a terrible line learner, which really made it extremely catastrophic to be an an actor in Shakespeare. <laughs> Can you imagine? And actually, I was in a, a production of Hamlet. I was playing Claudius the King. On my entrance, I opening night, I make my entrance and I go up. I forget my lines completely as I made my entrance. And I had to start improvising an iambic pentameter. It was terrifying. <laughs> but I got through it. Luckily, we closed in two nights. So I never had to do that again. I did do some more Shakespeare after that. I played Gloucester in King Lear. And I love, and I'll probably do King Lear at some point with an earpiece like Pacino. I'll have a little earpiece. Beep, 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 prompting me when I forget my, my lines. That's funny. I love Shakespeare. I love Shakespeare and I love wonderful Shakespearean actors like Ian McKellen's King Lear, like Richard Burton's Hamlet. Like Nicole Williamson's Hamlet, like oh, so many wonderful actors, and, and they're you know, usually British. And Jonathan, of course, uh, Jonathan uh, was a Shakespearean. Jonathan was at Stratford, yeah. Actually, after the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, where I went, my first um, sort of professional job, besides the Pink Artist Theater in Wyoming, was uh, carrying a spear and playing little tiny roles at the Shakespeare Festival in Stratford, Connecticut. And Jonathan Fred had just been there. And he had, he, there was a famous story about Jonathan Fred who made an entrance in whatever Shakespearean play he was doing. He made an entrance, but it was not the right time. He walks on stage. He's about to say his line. He realizes he's in the wrong scene. And he says, oh, shit, and walks off. That was Jonathan Fred. I've heard some people telling that story at the actor's studio a few years ago. And I always wanted, and this is the first time I told that story. I'm sure Jonathan never told it. I oh, shit. I never heard it. May rest, may rest in peace. I'm sure he's looking down at you and grimacing. Uh, but uh, this is... Uh, uh, well, you're gonna hear. Well, you're gonna hear it here, uh, all the fans. You're gonna hear it here. The secrets are gonna come out. That's for sure. Uh, but uh, that is, uh, and, and and you know, it's interesting because you know, look, thinking of your roles in Dark Shadows, uh, I think there was a certain amount of uh, uh, pathos and agony and 
you know, and of course, uh, the, you know, Gabriel from getting uh, with the wheelchair and everything. And, and I, I could just see that translating into a Shakespearean character in terms of the emotional uh, angst. Yeah. Which you, which, so it's... Uh, what a character, huh? What a wonderful character. Oh, my God. I was very lucky, very lucky with my characters. Oh, absolutely. The funny thing about uh, about Jeb now, I, I didn't tell you this, but, you know, when, and we're going to talk about it, but, uh, of course, the fans will remember that uh, black uh, paper cutout monster uh, that went after half the, half the cast. Uh, <laughs> during, oh, we'll forget that. And during, I mean, that was as embarrassing as the, as the bat, the bat that sort of flew in and squeaked and was terrifying everybody. Oh, it was and fun. The bat was such a fake little bat. Well, no, no, but this was fun. My, my fiance uh, called, uh, she was thinking of uh, Inspector Clouseau and Peter in, in the Pink Panther who couldn't pronounce monkey. So he said minky. So every time that he said, "Oh, there's the minky," <laughs> and, and, I, and I used to tease her. I used to tease her. I said, "So now, when you fall asleep tonight, you wake up, there will be the minky." She goes, "Get out of here! Get out!" I didn't know. <laughs> so That's it. Just sleep on the couch tonight. That's all. I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but that every so every time that we were looking forward to the monkey, uh, it was uh, it was re it was really quite fun. So, how did you get noticed then for Dark Shadows? What were you doing, and who, what, when, where, and why? I was in a Broadway play called A Patriot for Me, and the casting directors Linda Otto and Jerry Windsor were in the audience, and. The part I played, it was strange. It was at the end of the first act. And The Patriot for me was about homosexuality in the Austro-Hungarian Empire. And Maximilian Schell was a star. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the first act, he's finally coming out of the closet. And he, he has a, a hustler in his bed, a naked man. That would be me. <laughs> the naked man gets out of the bed... That your wife and the lights come up a little bit, and the naked man comes out of the bed. That would be me. Yep. And I get out, and I start dressing. And the audience is gasping. Oh, my God. He's gay. Maximilian Schell's character is gay. Oh, my God. Or yay. Or oh, I'm leaving. And then my friends come in and beat the hell out of him and rob him. You know where my friend was? My partner was Tommy Lee Jones, who was my understudy. Wow. Who's now a big star. Wow, yeah. and another guy, John sure. Kramer, and these, these, the three of us beating the hell out. And then the, uh, that's the end of the first act. Everybody's in shock. The second act opens up, and there is a drag ball in London or Vienna, and everybody's dressed up as a woman and a man, and and the the gay is just running rampant through Vienna, wherever it was. And so Jerry and Linda Otto said, I, I like that Chris Pennock, the naked guy. Oh, yeah, 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 he was good, yeah. Yeah, he had a nice ass, yeah. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, but his eyes, he's got very deep set eyes. I think he'd be good for our show. So they had me in to meet Dan Curtis. 
Okay. And I met Dan, and I was reading for the part of the, the owner of the antique sh- shop, which Christopher Bernot got instead of me. Yeah, Philip Todd. But Dan, Dan said, I'm going to save Chris. I like Chris. I'm going to save him for the thing in the box. And I said, oh, wait a minute. Come on. I am an actor. I'm not playing a thing in the box. I want a person. No, no, no. The thing in the box is the Leviathan, buddy. The Leviathan. He's a monster with the soul of a hippie. <laughs> You're going to love this character. And I did. And I got him. And boy, did that change my life. Did you ever meet the kid? And by the way, guess what? During, in, in the drag ball, guess what? That's where I met my first wife, Marilyn. Marilyn, the one Marilyn Joseph, Marilyn Joseph, the one who played Lorna in the eighteen forty one Lorna Bell, in the eighteen yeah yeah yes yeah, and when we we got married, probably halfway through the show, and Dan Curtis was there, and Jonathan and David Selby and John Carlin, and I've got a whole bunch of very funny things in a comic book about the wedding, and. Yeah, wow. That is, uh, that's, uh, and she was on later, though. She was on during the uh, 1841 yeah. part. And uh, with Jim yeah. Storm, your very good friend. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He's my best friend up here in Idlewell. Yep, yep. And uh, Jim Storm. We hope to have him one of these years on the uh, on the podcast as well. I told them, I told them, there's a podcast waiting for you. And Jim never answers my Facebook, please, but his fiance does. Uh huh. By the way, I am, I am marrying James Storm and Valerie Pronio Paluto, whatever her name is. Saluto and Steleg, Stalactite. I'm marrying them. Hopefully you'll get their name. They have no idea what they're in for. I am marrying them. So are you and I'm reading from my comic books. So are you a minister now as well? Is uh, is this? Uh, hell yeah! That's, yeah, hell yeah! I'm a, that's I'm your, a goddamn minister. That's your what do brother you, Tom. Who do you minister to? Uh, <laughs> I administer to whoever wants me to administer to them. Ah, ah! There you go. I think is that your wife? In the I am awareness. That's your wife in the background. I am awakened ah. awareness. Don't get me started. Okay, we won't. We won't. <laughs> yep, too late. I am awakened awareness. You are the judge of the quick and the dead. You can take over Jerry Lacey's role as press. You know, you can say, I am the judge of the quick and the dead. I am your the old servant. That's, uh, that's what you can do when you, uh, oh, hold on a second. All right, there we go. So what was it? There was a buzzing. It sounded like an emergency alert, flash flooding. Well, you're back in Florida, right? Where? Yes, I am. And I was long. How's the weather? Yeah, uh, rain, it was raining, raining like crazy, and for a minute I thought we were going to lose the connection. Uh, but like, but thankfully that has passed. And uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I just lowered the, I just lowered the intrusive TV, uh, which was uh, sorry about that for uh, fans, uh, but uh, just goes to show you us announcers are human too. Anyway, so you. So By you, the way, from now on we will. Call my my fans villagers. That's right. They are my villagers. That, that's what I was going to say. Uh, for for villagers. For everyone internationally, Chris's fans, uh, especially from Facebook, are called villagers, 
and he will always regale them, uh, you know, saying, hello, villagers, what did we do tonight? Did we, did we attack anyone? Uh, did we, did we have our, did we have our <laughs> nightly orgies? Uh, how many nightly orgies did we have this month? And so forth. <laughs> and ah, so you you've been around a while in my little universe of madness. Oh, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just just enough to know. Uh, I've already taken, <laughs> I've already uh, taken all the necessary inoculations, and uh, <laughs> so my I'm, wife is finding you very amusing, thank brother you. Tom. Thank her very much. Hi there. How are you? Yeah. Uh, um, I'm fine. Great. She says I'm fine. That's great. That's great. How does it feel to be married <laughs> to a character like that? Well, it's been 30 years, and I'm still <laughs> hanging in there. <laughs> I, you have my object sympathy. Um, <laughs> but that's great. 30 years. So you see that? Hollywood, uh, showbiz marriages last. And uh, and that and that's certainly a at least this one, this one, yeah, certainly a tribute to it. Well, thirty years that that can't be that can't be that bad. Um, but um, thanks to all my many support groups. Ah, well, of course that all that all keeps you going. So uh, on on shadows, let's uh, let's hear a little bit about. Um, you were in a lot of scenes with Jonathan. What are your what are your reminiscences? Let's see. Um, about the time I was doing scenes with Jonathan it was also when I discovered Al Pacino on a Broadway show called Does a Tiger Wear a Necktie? And um, he got the Tony Award that year, and it was the most explosive, amazing, naturalistic um, performance I'd ever seen in my life. And I kept thinking, i got to do Pacino. I will do Pacino on Dark Shadows. <laughs> I will be a method actor on, on Dark Shadows. All these all these, these, these sort of Shakespearean phony actors, I'm going to just rip them apart. I'm going to be Jeb Hawks, the method actor, Pacino-esque on Dark Shadows. <clears throat> and I tried that. And one of the directors hated that. <laughs> Henry Kaplan hated my, my sort of Pacino-esque um, method acting. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted me to just say the damn lines and hit the, you know, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he had me in tears one day and Johnny Carlin almost beat the crap out of him. Henry Kaplan, where are you now? Did he beat him up? Oh, anyway, so uh, with, uh, we were talking about Jonathan. Yeah, um, he and I were masters of the teleprompter. We would have these long scenes. We'd be babbling away at each other, but we would, our eyesight was right over each other's shoulders on our own personal teleprompters. So we could just read those beautiful lines and never worry, never worry again that we'd forget the lines. So we were very good at that. And uh-huh. we'd shake hands afterwards and say, bless our teleprompters. Yes, bless our, bless our teleprompters. Did you ever actually look at each other then when you were on the show acting or were you looking at the teleprompter? Yes, and when we would, we'd forget our lines again. So we'd go back to the teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, oh, that's something else. How did you get along with David Selby? I was um, mainly extremely jealous of David Selby because he was so good looking. 
he was so good looking and he and he was he had a huge fan base and he had just done a Sam Shepard play and he and uh, never mind and a few other things and oh no can't talk about that either but uh yeah very jealous of david selby and and the other thing was he was such a nice guy he was and still is and i'm still jealous of him <laughs> why was he put on this earth so i would suffer <laughs> but no, not not really not really i mean david i love david selby yeah very jealous and he goes off to Hollywood, and I go off to Hollywood, and we go off at the same time. And he's starring in a movie with Barbara Streisand. Up the sandbox. And he's and he's having a never mind, and and he is doing this and doing that, and I am rock climbing in Idlewild and having a spiritual experience, which actually he didn't. So maybe he's jealous of me. I doubt it. But I love David, and I'll always love David. I think he's going to outlive me, which the rest probably won't, because David is a vegetarian. He's tall and thin, probably has the blood pressure of a shark and the pulse of an elephant. Oh, my God. I think he's going to outlive me. Oh, I don't know about that. I think he'll probably be. I think, although he's sort of frail, I mean, when you hug him, when you give him a crushing bear hug, it's like he's going to break into a thousand pieces. Yeah, yeah. Everybody my age is getting very fragile. Do I sound like a 76-year-old nope. old man? No. Nope. Hell no. Nope. You sound like you sound like it was 40 years ago. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I almost, almost as if I were in the 60s uh, talking. Yeah. About no, wow. No, and your voice, and you have a projectile voice, which is... Uh, a projectile. Yeah, projectile, projectile vomiting. Well, I was thinking of that one, but I didn't want to. You said it, and I didn't. But uh, no, but, no, but but seriously, no. That projectile voice of yours, probably. Uh, you know, I dabble, <laughs> I dabble in voiceovers, but I think you'd be a natural if you ever did voiceovers. Oh, uh, uh, you got a great voice. Well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and but uh, no, but 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 you have that kind of very smooth, suave tone. And I'm sure that the uh, I'm sure that all the I'm sure that all the younger gals would go ah, not not realizing it's a good thing you told them you were married uh, for thirty years. But um, no, but seriously, uh, I you know I think. But I, I have I, no interest in them. I am happily married. Thank you, brother Tom. You're very welcome, brother Chris. Uh, <laughs> I might ask I might ask you to uh, do these services when I get married, and uh, but we'll talk about that off the air. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm I, in, man. I'm in. I will do it. <laughs> you in? I will do it. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about that once we get off the air. But uh, but I appreciate that. Um, I uh, but but getting back so getting back to dark shadows. Um, you you know of course we recently lost uh, Denise Nickerson uh, who uh, played Amy on the show. Um, did you uh, did you have a chance to uh, act with her and stuff like that? Because I'm trying to remember if you were on when she was on. I never acted with her, but we we were working the same days a lot, and I remember I hadn't been formally introduced to her, but I'm I'm walking to work. Off, uh, you know, 50th Street, whatever it is, 58th Street. 
and I'm, I'm walking to work, and there's Denise. And I, I walk up to her, and we're sort of walking together. And I had just gotten back from my honeymoon in St. Lucia with Marilyn. Wow. And, I, and my hair was uh, in, in Haiti, and my hair was sort of in a Rastafarian kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I said, hi, Denise. I am a Rastafarian. And she says, oh, yeah, eat shit and die, asshole. Oh, and I go, what? Are you there? What? <laughs> Denise. The lady. Eat shit and die. Did you hear me? <laughs> eat shit and die. <laughs> I guess she was in a bad mood. And then she kept walking, and I kept walking. And I took my pulse. And I thought, oh, geez. I okay. Take, I take okay. I heard that, and that was it. I take so she was a precocious young thing. Oh, I can. I can Our little Denise. Very I, sweet. Yeah. Very adorable. Yeah. A little Shirley Temple she was. Yeah. Oh, just a little Shirley Temple. A little, a little adorable little girl. Ah, one of those. From the East Side, well, Chicago. Well, it's good to Mark hear. Mark of Jordan. You've got your Irish throat here. Good to hear you do that too now. We'd leave, we'd leave, we'd, we would love to have an Irish character on Dark Shadow. Let's do the rest of the, let's do the rest of the show in an Irish accent. Mix it in with a, with a Scottish, Scottish accent. And then, and then we can do a little Italian accent. And then... Yeah. A French accent. Yeah, Mr. Scott. Mr. And, I can, and then I'll do it in, in, in Boris talking. <laughs> well, what about if I did that nice Jewish accent coming to Dark Shadows? I, well, I had a nice Jewish accent. I'm looking for, oh. I'm looking for the Shixers. Where are they in Collinswood? <laughs> Where the hell are you? What's your matter? So you got Tres coming in to hell with Tres. Why don't you call a rabbi? The rabbi will get rid of him. We'll have a golem on this show. See, they never had a golem on this show. He'll have that night. The night show. Have him fight the goddamn guy. Who the hell needs everybody? We got the thing to do. But, um, you know, <laughs> I always. Bravo! Thank you. I always wish. We oh, had bravo, a, man! Bravo! I, I wish we could have had a nice Jewish boy on Dark Shadows. That would have been fun. Uh, but uh, but still, well, but still, in all, <laughs> well, Dan was Jewish. <coughs> that's as close as Leela Swift was Jewish, and that's as close as we come. You got along well with Leela. She was a very good director for you, wasn't she? Yeah, better than Henry, that's for sure. Yeah, Leela, Leela. I think uh, we got along great. Yeah. Yeah, 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 good old Leela. Yeah, uh, got along great. How were, Damn how right. Were, how are you with Thayer David? How can you tell us a little bit about him? Oh, my buddy, my buddy Thayer David. Yeah. Um, even after Dark Shadows, we <clears throat> we were together in a in a movie called the The Night of Dark Shadows. Yes. And then after that, we go right up to Tarrytown, New York. And we're shooting Savages, the first James Ivory Ismail Merchant film. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, he's in that too. So we got really close. And then after my sort of unsatisfactory foray into Hollywood with Maryland, we moved back and we're on 57th Street and we're living in the same building as Fair David. And so Fair and I continued. Yeah, I love that guy. So talented. 
I'm okay. I'm not dying. Give him I'm some a young man still, but no, Sarah's great. What a genius, wonderful actor, wasn't he, Lynn? Yeah, yeah, no, no, he was, he was good. <laughs> yeah. um, can you think of uh, before we move on from shadows? Can you think? Can you think of any uh, really interesting either bloopers or in any interesting moments uh, that you'd like to tell about? Maybe one of your favorite scenes, um, you know, something like that. Okay, you ready? I certainly am. Although I've probably told this many times. I'm sitting down. But it's sitting the down. one that sort of pops up in my consciousness, my awakened awareness. It is John Yeager, Elizabeth Ice playing Buffy. And I was very sadistic with poor Buffy. <coughs> and I had a cane. And this cane had a knife that popped out of it. There was a little button and the, and the knife popped out of the bottom of the cane or the top, I forgot which. And I'd kill people and slice them up and slice them and dice them. Sounds good. And there was another cane, but I wasn't sure which one. The other cane did not have a knife in it, but the one cane did. And I was sort of playing with her neck with the bottom of the cane. And I realized, oh, my God, the knife is in this cane. The real one. And I was about to pop it. And then they were going to switch canes on, but I had the wrong cane. And I was going to slice her neck and decapitate her live on TV in Dark Shadows. That would have been a great And so they, they, they managed to slip the other cane in, I think. I'm not sure exactly what happened. But, and then it, they called cut, and she let me have it. She just started <laughs> screaming. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? you got to kill me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Elizabeth. I'm sorry. And uh, it was really awful. It was an awful experience. And that's that's my blooper. Oh, my God. Or, oh, there's another one. There's another one. Yep, yep. I had the flu, and I was doing Jeb. I was just starting on the show. I'm totally exhausted. I'm doing five shows a week, and I've got the flu, and my sinuses are running, and I've got a bloody nose, and right in the middle of the scene, my nose starts bleeding, and I'm trying to sort of sniff it back. And, you know, I was the Leviathan. I could easily have had a bloody nose. It would have been really cool with my present-day method acting. Anything that happens, you know, happens for the good. Uh -huh. But I'm, I'm sort of keeping it back in and kind <clears throat> of breaking out in the sweat and the blood's coming out and then, oh my God. I mean, all this would happen. And your heart's pounding so hard that you can see it through your costume. Boom, 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 boom. And at one point, I told this to Dan Curtis when they put him into the radio Hall of Fame or whatever it was, mm -hmm. that I, I was actually hoping I would have a heart attack when I when I was doing Dark Shadows because then I wouldn't have to do the scene. They would have to take me off to a hospital and I wouldn't have to act that day because it was that terrifying. It would be real. True story. True story. Wow. Oh, my God. 
heart attack. Those those were times. Do you have that comic? <laughs> do you have that? Do you have that comic book in front of you? Uh, are we gonna Are we gonna hear something from your? Uh, rep- Could you go grab a comic book? All the ones you can, and then I'll pick one out. Len's gonna go get a comic book. Okay. <laughs> That's that's great, and uh, in the meantime, so your fiance saw me on General Hospital. Uh, yes, uh, Mitch. Yes, you Mitch Williams. Remembered you? Yes, you remembered you from General Hospital, and you did a few soap operas, uh, as I remember. You did. Uh, did you do Guiding Light? I did Guiding Light. I did Another World Somerset. Okay, that was the one I I did right after Shadows, and then General Hospital for a couple of years. Mitch and Tracy Quartermain, and then, yeah, The Guiding Light. That was fairly recently, at least, you know, 90, 91. <coughs> were you on, were you on yeah. Somerset when Marie Wallace was on there? I think she was on there. I miss Marie. I miss Marie. Mm, okay. But I was on there with Lois Smith, the famous Lois Smith, the wonderful actress Lois Smith. Oh my God! And James Earl Jones, and I mean everybody was on Another World Somerset, and it was a terrible soap opera. <clears throat> we had an insane producer, and we had a family, my family, on on that soap, and we all thought we're not we're getting paid enough, so we demanded a pay raise Hello? for the next, you know. For the next, uh, oh, good. Here comes the comic books. Oh, okay. Anyway, we demanded a pay raise, and guess what? We all got fired. You know how? We killed us in a plane crash. The whole family. (coughs) (coughs) The whole family got killed in a plane crash. Lynn, you'd better get him. Okay. You better get him some water. I don't want him to all of a sudden uh, start to asphyxiate. Julia, Julia isn't here to give him a sedative, uh, so uh, <laughs> that would, that we we wouldn't want that. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, which, which one are you going to read to us from, Chris? Okay. And again, everybody, this is a series of com- of comic books that he wrote regarding his uh, experiences in Days on Dark Shadows, Good, Bad, and Different, Animal, Vegetable, and Mineral. Uh, so, I'm going to start you off with the first one Fear and Loathing on Dark Shadows Great Okay, Go ahead. okay. Let me get a little water <laughs> My post-nasal drip Everybody should get water while, while he's getting water All the <laughs> Yeah or, or pee uh, If you have to pee Or if you have to poop please Go do it Good time And then when you come back, sign in, and I'll start reading. Okay. This is my very first comic book, Fear and Loathing on Dark Shadows, page one. Darien, Connecticut, 1949, Halloween. Some kids are out there in the moonlight, and they're trick-or-treating. And they say, where's Chris? He said, he said, we're going to trick or treat with us. Where's, where's Chris? Suddenly they hear, what's that? What's that? A horrifying infernal howl. Help! 
fear overcame them as they fled. <laughs> help! Help! And then out of the night, Chris Pennock, age five. Chris Pennock, age five. God, that was fun! <laughs> His parents. Uh, there's something strange about Chris. Yes, the boys are not quite right. And the kid is going, Mommy, do with you, Mommy, do with you, Mommy, do with you, Mommy, do with you. In a fatherly attempt to bond, Chris's dad says, well, Chris, how about we go to the movies? Double feature. Oh, yeah, thanks, Dad. And they are seeing the thing. And Chris is thinking, I fucking love this. And then they're going to see them. <gasps> Giant ass. Now that is scary. <laughs> and my dad says, why didn't you want to see Lassie or Peter Pan? And then Chris says, oh, well, they really don't engage me, Dad. The next year, tragedy struck. Mother says, I'm sorry to tell you this, darling, but your puppy died. And Chris is saying, Boris? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Stop. No, no, no. Not Boris. Oh, God, no. It can't be. Oh, Boris, you can't die. No, no, no. And he buries Boris and he jumps in the grave and says, I want to be buried with Boris. <laughs> they send him off to the troubles, doctor, the psychiatrist. So, Christopher? What thought comes to mind when you, you think of death? And Chris says, Um, worms, flies, rancid decay, rainy skies, duckinis, stink, cremation grounds, Boris, success, um, vampires. Oh, there's another shot of Chris at dinner with a noose around his neck. And his mother is saying, oh, what will become of our boy? And his father is saying, I'm worried about his future. Oh, 20, years, 20 years later, New York City, Times Square, 1967. Chris Pennock walks down the rainy Times Square looking exactly like James Dean. And he says to himself, I am cooler than Dean and Brando. I'm going to fucking beat this town. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Brando and Dean had unhappy childhoods. I did. They played the bongos. Me too. They were moody and angry. Yeah, me too. Vulnerable. Yeah, that's me. They dug up their dead pets. <laughs> I can't miss. I got this. Okay. Let's see. Let me, he says, uh, how I about gotta, I got to get in the actor's studio. Yeah, that's it. That's I it. You. I hear you. Why uh, can you turn to something that happened while you were on Dark Shadows that you uh, wrote about? Yeah, I'm about to get to that. No, I'm about to get to that. Okay, great.
All right. Sorry. Let's see. I I, I got to get in the actor's studio. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Hi. I want to audition. Just pretend you got a money. They said sorry. This this year they just like they just like this year they just like it. short explosive Italian actors. <laughs> Try next year. And all you wow. gotta do is to do an Italian accent, and you go like this. Because I had a landlord. He talking like Hey, this. man, come on. Hey, do not interrupt me when I'm reading my comic book, okay? <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, shit. This is a tough town. How the hell can I find my niche? I'm not short or Italian, but I am explosive. Shit! God damn it, shit! Son of a bitch! At 3 a.m., a cry is heard from 48th Street. I want a woman! Lonely and desperate with only roaches for company. Hey, guys, I got tickets for a rock concert upstate. Woodstock, you want to go? And he's talking to his roaches. But one day, Stark Heseltine, his agent, called. Hi, Chris, it's Stark. Who? Your agent. Oh, yeah. You got the Broadway show, a patriot for me. Whoopee! Only one problem, darling. You're going to have to be naked at the end of Act One. Hell, that's no problem, Stark. Ha <laughs> ha, naked. And you're dead. And no, and you're in drag in Act Two at the drag ball, remember? I am in drag and naked on Broadway. This is my dream. Thank you, God. Thank you. He starts working out immediately, doing push ups 25, 26. Whew. I'm on Broadway. I gotta look good. He memorizes his seven lines and digs deep into his character's psyche. So was it good for you or as it was good for me? Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> he actually becomes Paul the Hustler. He's out there, hi there, looking for a good time? Uh well actually I was. What's your name? And Chris says, I'm just kidding. I'm an actor doing research. <laughs> what? <laughs> Opening night on Broadway. Was it good for me? Was it good for you? As it was for me. Oh, yes, Paul, yes. Come here. Suddenly, actors Tommy Lee Jones and Paul Michael Glazer rush in. That's right. <clears throat> Get them, boys. And they beat the crap out of them. Salome Jens. Wow. Fuck off, big boy. I'm a guy. In the audience were Linda Otto and Jerry Windsor. Bravo, 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 bravo. Casting directors for Dark Shadows, a horror soap opera. Hmm, the one that played Paul, he had interesting eyes. Eyes, hell, he had a great butt. <laughs> yes, I think Dan Curtis would like him. Let's see, Christopher Pennock. Opening night party, Sardis. Salome Jones. Here are the reviews, darlings. New York Times, Daily News, New York Post. Oh, Salome. As Salome Jones reads on, the play which caused quite a stir in London is no more than a clumsy anachronism today with wooden performances from most of the cast, except for a young, exciting actor named Christopher Pennock in the dual role of Paul the male prostitute and the little girl in the drag ball. <gasps> he electrified the interminable evening with a potent sexuality and a frightening sadistic intensity. It was like being present at that shit 
How dare they? Damn it! <laughs> Another role's Maximilian show was disappointing as Max. Salome Jens grossly overacted her part as the Countess. Pennock is a young Brando. Salome says, I can't go on. It's over. 2 a.m. Times Square. Chris experiences a psychedelic Van Gogh vision. I am God. I am the all. I am everything. <laughs> Back home. Cockroaches, you guys still here? You don't know who I am. Ahem. Next morning. Hey, morning, lover boy. It's dark. Gay Magazine loved your um, um, performance and your yeah. rear end. <laughs> On oh. to the exciting news. They want to see you for a role in Dark Shadows. <gasps> wow. In the waiting room at ABC. There's Chris Walken here. John Boyd here. Tommy Lee Jones. Yep. Christopher Pennant. Chris Bernot. Present. Hey, Chris, I'm Dan Curtis. This punk here is George DiCenzo. He'll read with you. Hi, Chris. I'm really an actor, though I look like Dan. <laughs> really? Chris gave an energetic audition. <sighs> Dan says, that was great, but you know what? I think I'll save him for the thing in the box. Jeb? The thing in the box? Shit, I want a real part. Yeah, I'll give Walken the antique dealer. He said he wasn't simpatico with the part. Well, then I'll give it to Bruno. Ah, good one. At the screen test, Chris gives, George gives Chris some, some advice. Uh, now, Chris, now this line you have here at the end is slow it down. Very, very menacing. Always menacing. Um, excuse me, George, isn't that a little melodramatic? No, man, exactly. That's Dark Shadows. Ah. Uh, Dan watches the screen test. I like this kid. He's definitely got something. He cries real tears. Wait, you mean I shouldn't be real? I should act phony? Yeah, you got a problem with that? Yeah, but I'm an artist. I've got to come from an organic place. Your paycheck! Just say the fucking line slow at the end. Back home with the roaches. Hey, Chris, it's dark. You've got dark shadows. Congratulations, buddy. Yay, thank you. Back up the money truck. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I can buy a Nikon. I can buy tablet of drums. I can go on a date. Women will like me. I can buy hippie clothes and the veg. I can buy food. I can buy dope. I can buy Tony Lama cowboy boots. I can buy bell bottoms, mushrooms, masculine, LSD, shaving cream, underwear, a place in the city, a place in the country, insecticide. I'm just kidding, guys. Ah, new pictures. I can go to a shrink five days a week. God, I love life. <clears throat> he gets his headshots taken by Roy Shutt, famous Jimmy Dean photographer. Okay, Roy, can you make me look like James Dean? No problem, Chris. And then he does his first show of Dark Shadows. He enters as Jeb. Hey, I think I'm going to like it here. <laughs> Dan introduces him to, hey, Chris, I want you to meet your chief rival, David Selby. Maybe between the two of you can get the ratings up. Ha <laughs> ha. Dave says, hi, Chris. 
I say, hi, Dave. David gets about 12,000 fan letters a day. Looks like Olivier, doesn't he? Oh, shucks. Yeah, yeah, he actually does. <laughs> David's in the Sam Shepard play, and he holds a doctorate. Oh, fuck you! I'm jealous. Thanks a lot. And David says, twerk, twerk nothing. And then Chris says, now nah, you've done it. Now I feel like I'm a malignant dwarf. And then there's, this is Laura Parker and Kathy Scott. Hi, cowboy. Hi, sweetie. Hi, sailor. Howdy. I feel better already. Hey, this is Mike Stroka. He plays Bruno. You guys got a storyline together. Hey, brother. If you ever need anything, let me know. I got grass. I got Maui Wally. I got Michikan Brown. I got five Ks. I got two hundred bucks. <laughs> I got I got future storylines sold. Hey Mike, which girls are um, you know available? <clears throat> Stroka says they've all rejected me. The sluts. I said you're kidding me, man. Come on, I'll buy you a beer. They go up the bar at the street at the Brittany. So I say, uh, Nancy, she's got a boyfriend. Uh, Grayson, she's married. Uh, Laura, she's married. Uh, Katie, she's stuck up. Uh, Joan, Joan. <laughs> hey, there's a new one. By now they're really drunk. There's a new one. Come on, her name is Kate. Hey, hey, hey. She's single. She's right out of the American Academy. She looks good. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah? You keep your hands off her, Bruno. You know, Dan's got really big plans for you, Chris. I say, how big? This is really big. <laughs> You're going to be the new blonde guy. Roger Davis went to Hollywood. He was blonde? Yeah, Colin's sort of blonde, but he's in Hollywood. Oh, what the fuck is this, a hair show? Yep. All right, let me give you some advice, Chris. You're too subtle. You got to overact. Yeah? Okay, I'll do it on LSD. <laughs> uh, Suddenly, the stage manager. Hey, you guys are up. I've been looking for you. Uh-oh, okay. Uh, Bruno says, this is a nightmare. <clears throat> yeah, I said, we're in trouble. <clears throat> that night with the roaches... Wow, what a script. Jeb raises the dead. Cool. He prepares by reading a new book, The Teachings of Don Juan by Carlos Castaneda. Next day in makeup. Hey, Vinny, what's with the hair curlers? <coughs> Vinny, the makeup guy, says, they want your hair curlier. The network people, they want it curlier. Come on, don't play me. Vinny, shit, hair curlers? On the shut. On the set, high on LSD. Come, my friends, wake from your deathly sleep. Rumble, creak, the zombies popping out. Rip their guts out, kill them all. Especially Quentin. Bloody, morty villain, remorseless, treacherous, treacherous, kindless villain. And the camera guys are going, huh? Up in the booth, Curtis is concerned. What the hell is he doing? That's not his line. Get thee to another farewell. <laughs> he's doing Hamlet. He's not doing Deb. He's doing Hamlet. <laughs> Hamlet, is he insane? <laughs> why, 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 why can't he 
And why can't he be this good when he's doing Jeb? What is he doing? <laughs> Stop ass, what the hell is this? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> yeah, but in a good way. I'm free. Dan comes up. Cost me $200,000 every time I stop tape. $200,000. <laughs> Fred will stops tape. Yeah, but Fred's Barnabas. You're bananas. You're bonkers. No, I'm Jeb Hamlet. Melancholy Leviathan. <laughs> Suddenly, he goes on a bad trip. Ah, cockroaches, bugs, ah, bugs, bugs. Jeb says, God, he's hallucinating. His own. I mean, the, I mean, then, uh, God, he's hallucinating. There's only one thing to do. They cart him away to Bellevue Hospital. His fans weep. I kiss, I kiss. The show continues taping. So what happened? The stage manager was playing Jeb? Yeah, he's the only one with the lines. <laughs> next, next, next day in Dan Curtis's office, this is a disaster. We got to recast get, Jeb. Get me Hollywood. Where's Roger? Where's Roger Davis? He's blonde. Yeah, let's fly him out. Reached in his private jet. Yeah, I suppose I could do it, Dan. But you got to back up the money truck. <laughs> He's in a big jumbo jet, and it says Roger Davis. He's like Trump. He's the Trump of dark shadows. Oh my Next God. week, after, after negotiations with Roger, hold everything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pennock is getting fan mail. He's getting letters. He's getting tons of mail. Shit, they love him. In Bellevue Hospital, Psych Ward 6, Chris is in his, all tied up in his, what do you call it? To be or not to be, to play or not to, to love, to sleep, to die, perchance to, to fart. All right, there's the rub, desire to fart, to act, to do, to, to, Morris, I'm coming, fart. Suddenly the door bursts open. Chris is Stark, your agent. Don't you recognize me? They want you back on the show, darling. Oh, good. I can afford to buy Thorazine. <laughs> Next day, he is back on the set. Okay, listen, guys, I'm a little shaky, you know. I'm... <laughs> Sorry, I'm okay. Are you sure you are, Chris? You just, just read it off the prompter, says Boris. I don't understand that. So Chris is very, got very skilled at using the teleprompter. You don't frighten me, Angelique. I don't, I don't even find you attractive. Oh, not the shadow! No! Boo! Roger Davis and Chris, two blondes on the screen at the same time on daytime television. No, no, no! <laughs> okay, good job, guys. Moving on. Roger says, you know, Chris, I got to tell you, all that heavy breathing and crying, all that horse shit, you know, we don't do that in Hollywood, man. Really? Yeah. More casual. Got to be more casual, Chris. Okay, Chris, you two are too laid back. Jeb would never yawn. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> a month later. Chris, you got to make Jeb more likable. Chris says, I, he's a monster. 
Yeah, but he's got to be a likable, sexy monster. Chris, your, your fan mill's not so hot. I want you to be like Roger. Chris, Jeb has to be more vulnerable. He's too evil. Charm. That night he falls asleep on the IRT subway, too much Thorazine, with his vampire bites in his neck. And these two women say, shit, that man, he, he's got vampire bites. Oh my God, it's Jeb Holmes, Dark Shadow. Yeah, you're so bad. I just love you. You're so bad. <sighs> and then she says, I love, I love you. I go, Whoops, I think I missed my stop. And they ask me, ah, I missed my stop. Sorry, where am I? Honey, you're in Harlem. You're in Harlem. Don't worry, baby. We protect you. We protect your little white ass. I'm to see. He runs out into Harlem, the Apollo Theater, James Brown. He is run over by fans in Harlem. True story. Until, motherfucker, let's see your money. I'm going to grease your ass where you stand. Chris thinks, I am going to die. And a woman comes up. Don't you touch him. That's Jeb Hawk. He is on my story. Mm-hmm. That's Jeb Hawks? Uh, can, you, can I have your autograph? It's for my sister. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, to Kalita. Love and peace, Jeb Hawks. <laughs> no problem. <coughs> uh, one from old lady Lucy. Yeah, you're my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Next day at the studio, hey, Selby, I don't care what anybody says, they love Jeb and Harlem. <clears throat> Selby says, well, I'm real glad to hear that, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Barbara. Let's call up the sandbox. Yeah, sure. I'd love to do it. <laughs> we had two directors, Leela Swift and Henry Kay. Leela says, love what you're doing with your character, Chris. Henry Kay says, I hate that. That thing, that thing you're doing. I hate that. After a particularly horrendous dress rehearsal, Henry strikes. Can't you act? Can't you give us some emotion? You are pathetic. <coughs> Snips jokes up. <laughs> and five, four, three, two, one, action. Carolyn, I love you. I love you so much. I feel such regrets. All I want is to love you. And Carolyn says, oh, Jed. And somebody says, not bad. I'm really, if I'm really mean to him, he really delivers. Uh, Dan says, too late. I'm going to kill him off. His mail sucks. And then Dan, Dan says, but wait, I'm having a vision. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde will make him look like Jack Palance. <laughs> They'll love him. He can be wimpy as Jekyll and really mean as Hyde. <clears throat> then you're a genius. But can he handle it? That role is classic. He's got to have chops. Dan says, ha ha, fuck chops. Just keep him inse- insecure, Henry. <laughs> that night at home. Chris, it's stark. Now don't get upset. Okay. I'm not upset. They're killing Jeb. Oh, no, I'm a failure. I'm a dead man. I don't I want to die. Chris, don't. I'm coming, Morris. He wraps a noose around his neck. Chris, don't do it. Don't do it. They want you for 
click, the phone is off the hook. Chris is hanging himself in his in his apartment. Well, Chris died before he knows his role would continue. Will the roaches gnaw the rope and save Chris's life? Did another actor resembling Chris play Cyrus Longworth? Watch for Fear and Loafing on Dark Shadows, Part 2. Da, da, da. Very, very good. Very, very good. Chris, where can the fans and villagers get your comic books if they want to buy them? P.L. Box 3611, Idlewell, California, 92549. Okay, so they'll send you a they'll send you a check by via snail. What do you do? Take checks, cash? Uh, how do, well, you're not going to take cash in the mail. So I uh, check. Check, check, check check would be good. All right, very good. Twenty bucks, twenty bucks, and there's about ten of these. Okay, so for those who are interested, uh, you know exactly. Send it to Christopher. <coughs> and send it to Christopher Pennock at that address. So Chris, uh, moving on. Uh, before we leave Dark Shadows, uh, what are your reminiscences about the Night of Dark Shadows movie? Any uh, interesting stories from that one? Uh, interesting stories about Night of Dark Shadows. Bloopers or uh, tense moments or anything like that? Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember anything, Lynn? What about Roger Davis in the bushes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. This was very shocking. I wandered off from shooting one afternoon, and they're shooting another scene, but I'm still there on the set, you know, up in Tarrytown, New York, and I'm hearing this moaning from the barn. And sort of a moaning and a yelling and then a little more moaning and it's a male and a female moaning and a yelling and I get a little closer and I look and I see two naked bodies in flagrante delecto making the beast with two backs and it is who do you think you have to guess villagers a man and a woman making the beast with two backs. Who could that be? <laughs> That's right. I can't reveal their names, Tom. God. Thank God. <laughs> but there's a comic book version. And there is a comic book version. And you can buy and it. They can all buy it. And it wasn't a man and a woman, it was two men. No. <laughs> and right. Chris is going, oh my God, how could you? This is so disgusting. Oh, Jesus, what's the matter? Loosen up, Chris. Come on, man. It's, it's Roger Davis and John Collin. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. Oh, my God, it's, it's Roger and John Collin. Roger <laughs> Davis, he says. What's the matter? You haven't never seen a guy with a wig before? And John Collin. 
Hey, man, we're just experimenting. He's <laughs> nothing serious. Oh, you're terrible. <laughs> and then I, I threw up. I threw up when I saw that. But, you you're know. terrible. You're absolutely terrible. <laughs> That's, uh, well, you answered my question, all right. Um, so anyway, so moving on from this, so once, uh, once that was all <laughs> over, Oh, by the way, what were your feelings once you, once you realized that uh, on the last day of uh, when Dark Shadows was over uh, and uh, that, <laughs> that last day on the set, April 2nd, 1971, the date that we're living in for me, uh, what, what were your feelings? Do you remember? Yeah, I was, I was trying to decide which way I was going to commit suicide. Hmm whether I was going to jump off the Empire State Building or just jump in front of a subway. I was going to take sleeping pills. I was totally suicidal, motherfuckers. I wanted to die. I wanted to die. I wanted to die, man. But I had a cat and and a wife. And, you know, I had to stick around for Marilyn and Missy. There you go. There you go. And then I got a movie. I got a movie, Savages, James Ivory, Ivory Merchant. There you go. Where I was playing a a naked, um, you know, savage that was a Siamese twin, joined at the pelvis, naked. That was, poor Marilyn did not like that. And then uh, he becomes a woman. And, you know, I, I was continuing my strange, very challenging roles. I kept saying, you know, when I had self-doubts, oh, I could see, you know, let Pacino try this one. Let, let Pacino play Hester. I mean, come on. This is not, not, not easy. Anyway, so then that cheered me up. And then off we go to Hollywood. And I ended up waiting tables. I ended up waiting on, like, Marie Wallace or some of the... I mean, it was just, it was not fun. So I continued plotting my suicide for many years until I finally got some very good medication, Brother Tom. Mm-hmm. Prozac! Prozac Nation! Very good medication. It just makes you like also, a that, that <coughs> It will make you like a vulture. Also, yeah. also, m- um, Medi- medication and meditation that definitely helped too. Very important. Very important. But you were in over fifty guest starring roles on TV, so don't sell yourself short. You were in Hallmark Hall of Fame. You were in Melrose Place. Oh, for God's sakes! And uh, what about when you co-starred with Lisa Richards in Descent? Uh, what are your memories of Lisa Richards? Who? Lisa Richards. <laughs> That's not nice. Sabrina, for everybody out there. Sabrina Stewart. Sabrina, the lady in the wheelchair with the white hair, who all of a sudden, from somebody who couldn't speak, who couldn't walk, who couldn't talk, all of a sudden she did a lot of good talking. Uh, she really, she really uh, cured. But must have been one of Julius. Does, does not ring a bell. <laughs> All right. We'll no, Lisa is probably one of my best friends. Good, good, good. One of my best friends, and her third husband was also one of my best friends, except he moved to Colorado. Michael Ebert. She was married to him for ten years, and they had Gabby, and they had Alex. 
Alex is a rock and roll star and a globe, yeah. uh, Golden Golden Globe winner, and Lisa's probably the best actress at the Actors Studio where I work out. She's probably the best best actress. She's legendary. She's wonderful. We'd love you to reach out to her if you get a chance, but that's uh, oh yeah, man, yeah. People, Keith will edit that one out too. But uh, oh, listen, I am going to tell everybody you are the man. Oh. If you want to pod, if you want to pod, you can podcast with this guy. I'm very that's that's I'm very flattered. I'm very flattered. But let's not forget uh, Keith Chalgo and Vicky Ray. Who are the co-hosts of uh, the of Literary License, and uh, they are what make this click. And I'm just a I'm just a recent I'm just a recent addition, but I'm very very <coughs> I'm very very proud to be part of the effort, uh, and to hopefully represent the fans uh, in kind of reaching out to you guys uh, because I think because they're dying to hear stories like this from you, uh, as as well as the other surviving cast members. I only wish I could. Go to Jonathan and start to talk to him. Uh, unfortunately, he's, think, he's still with us. He's still with us. He's still, he's everywhere. He's in the grapevine. He's in the umbrella. He's in the sky. He's in the, the earth. He's everywhere. He is a dream, one from which he may never awaken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to quote his own line from Dark Shadows, those were great lines. Uh, <laughs> when he killed Dr. Woodard, that was before you came in. But anyway, um, and uh, you were in American Buffalo. Uh, now, I may be running ahead of myself. Uh, what other stuff? Uh, we talked about your soap operas. Uh, we, talked about, uh, uh, we talked about some of the other stuff. Um, you did... Uh, and, and in American Buffalo, where did that play? At uh, the town hall in Idlewild. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> <clears throat> and I couldn't learn the line, so I carried my script. So it was quite embarrassing. I love you, each and every one. And uh, I and I'm sure and I'm sure he means it, uh, Chris. I will <laughs> talk to you. I will talk to you about the other stuff we talked about, <coughs> including including the wedding when that comes up. I think that's that's a very very nice thing. Uh, I couldn't think of a. I got to talk to her, but I couldn't think of a nicer. Uh, I couldn't think of a nicer gift uh, that uh, that you would be. Giving. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm your man. I mean, it's it's absolutely great, Lynn. It was great talking to you and meeting you, and uh, if she's still there, and. Uh, I uh, and so I am now going to say, everybody, uh, you have just heard Chris Pennock, uh, who has regaled us with uh, his stories of his career uh, before pre uh, past, present, and hopefully future. Uh, and he is a minister. <laughs> what, what church are you in, Chris? What church are you in? What what is the uh, religion that you're in? Tibetan Tibetan Vajrayana Buddhism. Oh, you're a Buddhist. Wow. Oh, my God. No, there's a lot to be learned from that. Um, so, everybody, uh, please keep tuning in to future episodes of Literary License Podcast as we explore Dark Shadows as well as other venues. Until next time.
forget my 